Welcome to the newest episode of the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. Yo, what's up? What's going on, Malik? Oh, what up, what up, man? Are you going to welcome people to the oldest episode? Or... What's going on, Ant? <laughs> the new, the new... Welcome to the newest episode. I just realized after listening to about 20 of our shows that um, I literally say the same exact thing every time, like with Russell Simmons and shit at the end of the Def Jam show. So I think I needed to start switching that up. I told you to just make a creative uh, beginning fine. and just do something. But that's fine, though. I mean, you just, you oh, know. You oh, now just, you want uh, to produce the show, man. Uh, uh, a solid intro. Oh. Yeah. But that's fine. I told though. you this two years ago. Solid, uh, Ace, a solid, a solid, consistent intro, a consistent ending, and, you know, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of crazy shit in the middle. No problem. That's how, that's how we do it. to be cursing it in the middle and saying something dumb like, you know, F Sean Payton at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what you do. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I don't, I don't Sometimes I get cut off. Just, just gotta edit it out. You don't get cut off. You always try to get it in right before I stop recording, which is uh, that is your, you know, that's just what Very you committed. are what to do. Very committed here, you know. We are going to be talking <laughs> about. Yes, you are You're committed to hating on Sean Payton. And speaking of Sean Payton, one of the coaches on the hot seat. We will not be discussing that off top because there are six coaches that I believe that are on the hot seat. We'll be talking about that a bit later. But we're going to start off top with the big trades that happened at the trade deadline. Most importantly, and honestly, I think that this is the biggest one, Joshua Dobbs going to the Minnesota Vikings from the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals gave up a seventh-round conditional pick, Joshua Dobbs, and Minnesota also gave up a sixth-round pick to Arizona to get him, which is kind of crazy for a starting quarterback. How do you think this is going to affect the NFC North? Malik, and I don't think it's going to affect that at all. I think I think Joshua Dobbs is going to help them get the you know the, a little bit closer to getting a couple of nice little draft picks because that's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be moving down to get a quarterback for the Vikings. So it's not going to really help him that much. You don't He's think okay it'll help him win games till the end of the year? Not really. I think it's just going to be mediocre at best. But you no, know, wow, be okay. Okay. Because the thing is that you got to think about this. They just got him, so mm-hmm. he's not going to start right away. They go. It's going to take at least two weeks before he even starts. Yeah, but he has, you have, to, you have to learn the playbook and everything. Okay. You no, know, he has to learn the playbook and everything like that. You got to get involved in that stuff like that. And even when he does get involved, you got to get you know, you know, he got to get used to the play, basically playing 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 against everybody else. But I don't think it's gonna, I don't think anything's going to really. Anything going to manifest out of this? Well, they're going to go to the playoffs or whatever. Detroit got this this um this conference on lock, and I think after that um was it Green Bay's next? Because I don't think the Bears is up there either. The second there's um the second place team in the division is the Minnesota Vikings. Just so you know. well they're gonna it's not gonna be yeah. that it's not gonna be that long. Four. Okay, I think I think it's well, gonna be that long. Hmm. So you don't wait. So no matter what Minnesota does, you don't think they have a chance of making the playoffs out of this? No, I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs. I think it's just basically going to be Detroit locking this, locking this down. Okay. And, um, it's just gotcha. my it's just my opinion on that. I don't think that they're going to really go that far. I could definitely be proven wrong there. They they do have a talented team on there. All right, Malik. I still you... have to do more investigation on that. 
What do you think from what you've seen Dobbs do with uh, Arizona um, over in Minnesota? I mean, I think it can definitely, you know, help them to continue their – I mean, so the reality is, like, Minnesota's won. I believe they've won three straight. They're four and four right now. Um, if the if the playoffs started today, they would be in the playoffs as a wild card. Um, so, you know, I think the the question here is well, two things. One is can he help them with their running game? That's been their biggest Achilles heel thus far, and the answer to that question is obvious is a, is a resounding yes. Um, because he does have the he has the athleticism to you know to you know make some plays with his legs and um you know to help out from that perspective. I was looking up whether to see whether or not he had any experience with Kevin O'Connell, who's the, the Minnesota Vikings head coach. It doesn't appear that he does, even though he's bounced around a little bit in the league. And O'Connell uh, came from the char from I was like the Chargers. Did he have? Did he come uh, to the Chargers? I don't. Before? I don't believe um, so. I can't I, remember. I think yeah. he was with. Um, he wasn't with the Steelers because that's where Jobs actually got drafted, and he was yeah. there for about two seasons. But I believe he came out of Tennessee. Yeah, I I, yeah, that doesn't coordinator. Yeah. yeah. If O'Connell was in Tennessee, then they definitely then they might they may actually have because because um they may have because Dobbs was in Tennessee last year, right? Yeah. Even mm -hmm. though O'Connell was the Minnesota head coach, I mean, was yeah, was the Minnesota head coach during that during that tenure? The language and the um the style of the offense, if O'Connell was in fact in in Tennessee would be very similar to what he would be experienced, what he would have already had some experience with. So that means the learning curve may be a little bit better for that. Um, but I think all in all, I mean, I think this is the best potential solution that they could come up with given the timing of Kirk Cousins injury, you know, right coming right, right around the trade deadline, Dobbs being benched um, for, you know, Mr. Clayton tune, which I, which I think I, we talked about this last week. Um, as we were like previewing the, as we were previewing the um, the Arizona game, just talking about that, you know, benching Dobbs made sense for Arizona because they got to figure out what the hell they've got with with their you know two hundred million dollar quarterback Kyler Murray. Well, they know he's, what they he's got to come back and well, not two, this coaching staff. Ago, they were nine and two. Not this coaching staff. This yeah. this coaching staff is brand new. Right. And so they've got to see what they've got with him and whether or not they're going to be moving forward with him or figuring their situation out. So it made sense. You know, it made sense for Minnesota to make the trade um, and it made sense for them to go go all in on a possible play, uh, possible playoff berth. Because the thing about it, the other th thing about it, I'll let you take, take over from here is, you know, one thing that we've seen is that the NFC is still pretty wide open. Um, right. You know, San Francisco's lost three straight. We know that Philly is is the cream of the crop in terms of you know having the seven and one record, but nobody believes them to be you know unbeatable. Um, the Lions are six and two and and leading leading in the North, but we just saw them get you know get their get their get their um, the doors blown off by Baltimore you know not too long ago. So you know it's completely plausible for Minnesota at four and four to sit here and say you know what if we can get things right you know keep 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 with a, a winning record and get Justin Jefferson back week 11, week 10, something like that, then maybe we can make something happen. Maybe we can make some noise. So I, you know, I don't see a reason why trading for Joshua Dobbs can hurt the team now, um, can hurt the team at this point. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. And you had something to say. Yeah. So um, just wanted to let you, since Malik brought him up, um, Kevin Connell, basically he was, as a coach, he was a Cleveland um, Browns, 
quarterback coach, San Francisco's 49ers special team coach, Washington's quarterback coach, and basically Washington moved up to Washington's off, offensive coordinator, Lo- Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator, and now he's Minnesota's coach. Unfortunately, he was never with the um, Titans. So he was the OC with um okay, the Rams Rams coordinator. Right. And he went to the Super Bowl with the Rams, and that's why he got hired. But, but, right. So okay. I'm just I, I just I, one thing I want to know is that do they have the same philosophies as you know as Arizona? That's the main thing that that's troubling me because hmm. or, or even if Dobbs has, has been in that type of system before. I don't think so because I believe the head well, coach. One thing Arizona that Dobbs has shown is from Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. I, I would say, you know, Dobbs reminds me a little bit of a, a younger uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, in that he's capable of, you know, and we've seen Tyrod Taylor do this on a regular basis. He's done it with the Giants. He's done it with, with numbers. Just to be able to come into a into a situation and, you know, and figure it out pretty quickly and, and make just make plays, right? And it's like, yeah, so he probably is not going to be, he's never going to be, the you know the cream of the crop in terms of quarterback play is concerned but he can he can come there he can give you you know he can, he can you know, he's got uses athleticism he can make he accurate throws and he yeah exactly he can raise the floor for your team you know he's not going to be you know the, the franchise quarterback but he can come in and and help you guys to you know stay stay the course um I gotcha. so i yeah even, even if he doesn't you know like i said even if he doesn't um you know wow us <laughs> he just really needs to this is still and this is still a relatively talented minnesota team so uh, okay. he just needs to you know not not stink and i think we already know that he does it all right and speaking of playoff teams the team that traded the most to get a defensive lineman seattle seahawks gave up a second round pick in 2024 and a fifth round pick in 2025 to get the defensive tackle from the new york giants who appear to be packing it in i'm sorry the new jersey giants Leonard Williams is now a Seattle Seahawk. Um, Ant, I know you have a lot to say about this. Well, not really. I'm just going to keep oh. it short. Um, Leonard Williams <laughs> is quite, was packing it in with the Jets before, and he kind of picked it up quite once he got with the Giants, you know, to get that new contract. He might end up doing it again since he's in a new environment, stuff like that. So you might see a good spark for them this year. It might be a good investment and see where yeah. it goes from there. All right, fair enough. Malik, what do you think? You think this helps bolster their defensive line to give them a little bit more of a run? Because they're leading their division right now, Seattle. Shockingly, after San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. And they're and yeah. Um, yeah, I think it absolutely helps them a lot. And it and also if they're not I think over their last four games, I just saw a stat uh, going into uh this week. Um mm-hmm. this game that they get ahead and have against Baltimore in, in Baltimore. Um, over the last four games since week four of the season, they've been the best defense in terms of points per game, points per play uh, in the NFL. Uh, Baltimore's been second. So, you know, he again, same type of situation. This is not a player that's going to come in and hurt, you know, what you have going on. If you're already the best, one of the best defenses in the NFL, Leonard Williams being on your team and on your on your lineup is not going to hurt you guys as long as he's able to stay healthy and, you know, he can contribute. Um I don't know what he contributes early. Um, seems like he's in relatively, you know, he's in playing shape. Um, yeah. And to Anthony's point, maybe he's playing for a contract. If he's playing for a contract extension. You know, what what other way to motivate a guy than to put him in a situation where if you can help, if you can help us win the division, uh, yeah, we might we might wind up giving you some money. Yeah. 
throwing some money your way. So, yeah, I, I don't see a reason why. I think he could do this. I think he can definitely do this. He definitely has the talent to do it. So I don't think that's a problem. Okay. That's fair. Um, I think he's going to be, I don't know. I, the fact that they gave up a, you know, a second round pick this year and a fifth round pick, a mid round pick last year, next year, 2025, I think they're really kind of invested in that position and they realized they were lacking something. So they wanted to get somebody who could get pressure up the middle because that might be the difference and then being able to make a real run. I mean, you know, Pete Carroll is going to have to lean on the defense because Gino's going to give you what Gino's going to give you. Like he's getting better. And the fact that they were able to beat Cleveland the way that they did at home kind of impressed me. So if they can win the NFC West, which doesn't seem insane because Brock Purdy is kind of fading, uh, I like the trade. I like the trade. Even though it's the second and the fifth, like I think it matters a lot, and I think Leonard Williams is that dude. And since he's been in the league, I wanted the Bears to have drafted him, but they passed on him and took uh, somebody else. So at this point, it kind of is what it is. Speaking of the Bears, we're going to move to Montez Sweat. Didn't he go super high? Didn't he, he go did. super high in the, in the draft, Leonard Williams? I believe the Bears ended up taking Roquan Smith instead of him because he's been in the league that I want to say that long because he was on the Jets, right? Right, Ant? And then the Jets yeah, got he was drafted by the Jets. And then the Jets moved him to the Giants. He they traded him by to the Jets. Giants. Yeah. But he, he was, was like a top 10 pick, right, Anthony? Yeah. yeah, he was a top 10 pick before. And the thing is that he started, slack, he started slacking off him and it was another um, defensive end, too, that we had before. We kept on drafting defensive ends almost every year. He was doing good at first, but... You know, he just he started falling off. I don't know what happened after he got that contract. We wound up getting rid of him, and Giants quite traded for him, and he started picking it up again. I don't know. Maybe he just needs that motivation to once every couple of years, you know, get to a new team to start all over again. Hmm. Hey, you know, he's yeah. a West Coast guy, so maybe he'll finally be happy that he's on the West Coast. He's from California, I believe, and he's a USC dude. So yeah, I'm about to say, I feel like he went to USC. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. He was on one of the yeah. teams that kind of overachieved a bit with Sam Darnold. I believe they came out a similar around the same time. Um, Montez Sweat coming to the Chicago Bears. He has six and a half sacks. As a Bears fan, we give up a second-round pick. Apparently, we stole him from Atlanta after reading uh, Jason LaCanforna from the Washington Post, NFL.com. Whoever reads him, he's a good source for NFL news. He'll let you know the inner workings and what GMs are thinking and how GMs were pissed at the Bears GM because basically we put Jalen Johnson on the trade block way late, which really means we didn't want to trade him. And if somebody wanted to come out and make an amazing offer, they would have. But um, he's our best corner, so I really don't think they want to trade him. And even if he 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 seems to be someone that they're probably going to have to franchise tag, they want to keep him around. But luckily for him, that means he'll get one giant check next year. But, you know. This GM's been known to do that, and that's the NFL, kind of the business side of it as it is. I think they should pay the guy. They're trying to come up with a um, – they're going to pay a sweat because they really need a pass rusher. And I think everybody who's on the team now is kind of putting them on notice like, oh, yeah, we're not performing really well, so we will not be here next year. We will be cut towards the end of the season. These last uh, nine games are kind of a audition for your job, and what's crazy about this is the Bears currently have six games – out of the eight games they have left at eight games, six out of the nine games they have left against teams with losing record, which means to me, it is within the realm of possibility of Justin, if Justin Fields can come back, they have a legitimate shot at actually having an eight win season and showing some progress after winning three games last year. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you generate some pressure. 
So even though they outbid Atlanta, who was giving up a third round pick for him, I see why they went that far and did that because they still have two first round picks. And where this team is trending, that's really high. And for years, we didn't have a first round pick because of getting Khalil Mack. And we saw what that did to the rest of the team. So if you have two firsts and you give up your second to get a pass rusher, that eliminates one of the needs you're going to have in the draft. So it makes sense to me, but I want to hear what y'all think. So, Ant, go ahead. Um, well, I was going to say that. I was going to say that you basically took the words out of my mouth when you said it was a steal, because that, that's what I thought. That was a steal right there. There's no way that team should be giving up, but I'm thinking because they basically got new ownership right now. So they're basically moving on for these players. They're trying to, you know, get, get draft capital and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised they continue to turn that team around little by little in the next couple of years and see what happens. Um, Once we get to the court, uh, coaches on the hot seat, I wouldn't be surprised to put that coach on the hot seat. But as far as for the trade, definitely kudos. Get the, um, I'll give my flowers to the Bears on this one. They made the best trade, in my opinion, in this in this um trade trading timeline or whatever. They made the, in my opinion, they made the best trade. Really, I'm surprised. You almost never mm-hmm. give us any credit for that. I'm, I'm kind of shocked. No, I give credit when it's due, you know, and you know, keep shit and keep getting on y'all when you know when y'all do something dumb, but. Right now, that was a good trade. Go ahead. As far as your GM is trying to keep his job, maybe. I don't know. He's trying to win. He's trying to improve the defense. I respect it. And the two first-round picks kind of helped. So he built up all the draft capital. So we'll see where it goes. But Yannick Ngakwe wasn't doing shit. And uh, neither was the other dude on the other side. So, you know, now you know you're playing for hey, your game. So it is what it is. This this might this might spark something on your defense and see what happens. I'm might like fire under them. I'm hoping. Uh, Malik. Are you now worried about the Bears because the Lions have two games left against them? <laughs> uh, what's the Bears' record again? I'm not joking. I actually, two, actually don't know. That's terrible. Two Is it two and six, two and five? I can't. Two, did they have a bye? Right? Bye. No, they didn't have a bye. So <laughs> it's two and six. Their bye is real. I know they have two bye. wins. I know they have two wins. I just two win, two and six. Their their bye is week eleven. You hater, I'm talking about what's their record? You know, okay. Okay. I look, I mean honestly, you, the, the no, I was asking a question. I was asking a legitimate question. I didn't know what their record was. Um to answer your question, no, I'm not worried about the Bears until Justin Fields comes back and plays plays to the level that that, that everybody's expected Justin Fields to play at because this team lives and dies by his, I mean he's your background, he's the background on your on your screen, right? This team lives and dies by what Justin Fields the the, the fortunes of this team, this yeah. current team. Mm-hmm lives and dies by what Justin Fields can give them because Tyson Bagent is not it um, long-term and that's not going to happen. You mean an undrafted free agent from a division two university is not going to lead the Bears to the promised land? No, No, I mean, if he did, if if he did, it would be an amazing story, but it's not going to happen. So yeah. So, you know, full stop. No, I'm not worried about that. I do think this was a good trade for your team because as I mentioned before, you know, we were talking about this like offline, um, I don't think that you're getting the, a player, the quality of Montez Sweat in the second round of the 2024 draft. I just don't see that happening. Um, yeah, yeah, I and he's still on the plus side of, he's on, he's on the plus side of 30 years old. Uh, he's in, he's, he, I don't know what his contract situation looks like, but he's right. I was just saying he's on the plus oh, side oh. of 30. Oh, um, so, you know, he's, so he's still got some, some, some prime years left in him. Um, and I don't know what his contract situation is, but the Bears have ton, a ton of cap space. And 
you know, they don't they don't seem to have problems, you know, with filling that, you know, and, and you know, building on the defensive side of the football. So, you know, the real question for the Bears is the real question for this for this trade and for the Bears in general is what does this do to um, to the Bears being a better team this year and potentially damaging their draft capital or their, their draft position in the first round of next of the 2024 draft? And people people have questioned that, and to, and to that end, I say, who cares? They have the Carolina pick too. So so like <laughs> if the Bears if the Bears end up with the you know seventh pick because they went and got six wins, and you know Carolina's got the second pick. Guess what? We picked it two and seven. Like that's pretty much what the, you know what it is. You know, there's this like this prevailing thought that the Bears should be all in on on Caleb Williams. And I don't necessarily know that that's so I don't necessarily know that that's not I don't know that that's necessary. I mean, ju- uh, you know, Justin Fields is, has has shown at the very least he's shown flashes of potential, you know, great play at the position. And he still doesn't have a lot of, you know, weapons around him. There's a lot of guys injured on that side of the football. Um, and so you still need to build around, you know, build around him and see see what you can get. So if you can put your money into the defense and spend on that side of the of the football while you have Justin Fields on his rookie contract. Why not do that? Why not take advantage of, do, of doing that? And so, to me, this makes a lot of sense for the Bears. I don't know if it means anything this year, but at the very least, I mean, you're probably going to get two or three more years, two or three years of Montez Sweat. Add in the 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 two the linebacker that you guys signed from Philly, the linebacker that you guys signed from Balt from Buffalo. Yep. And you've got the makings of a, you know, a star front seven that can, you know, make some things happen. Eddie Jackson is still there and you still got your, your corner that you didn't trade. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears, if the Bears, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears finished the season as a top, as a, you know, top half of the league unit on defense with this group. Well, their run defense has been amazing, which I actually have paid attention to. And the past defense have been kind of sorry because there's been a lot of rookies that have had to play and Eddie Jackson's been out past couple of games because of a foot injury from the first game, but it kind of is what it is on that. Hopefully he gets healthy towards the end of the year. We can get him going. Last two trades I want to talk about, the richer just getting richer. Chase Young to San Francisco for a conditional third-round pick, which is crazy to me that nobody was willing to give up more, but he had a serious knee injury last year. Um, and then Kevin Byard from Tennessee to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick in 2024. So Philadelphia has essentially said, we're going all in. They needed to replace a safety. I'm surprised Detroit didn't trade for anybody in the corners, but um, I guess a deal could not be reached. And nobody in the NFC South did anything, even though everyone's still in that division to win it. The Bears jumped ahead of Atlanta. Atlanta picked up Kentavious Street. I never heard of him, I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hater, but Bayard, I think, helps Philadelphia secondary. They needed a safety to play and come down and like make tackles for them. Um, Richard just getting richer there. I think that helps them run away with the division. I think it helps them beat. The, uh, I think it helps them beat the Cowboys home and away. And San Francisco getting young is just. I don't know how much better can the defense get. Like that seems wild to me. Like, Ant, I don't know what you think about that, Ormley, but Ant, you get ahead first on that one. Oh. Just, as far as for the Chase Young thing, I, I call that the second um, best trade of the um, of this year. But they just basically just put like a cherry on top. Um, as far as for Philadelphia, they were just replacing a need a, a need that they had right there that 
So, you know, one hand washes the other, this is um, get a replacement. But like I said, back to Chase Young, he's basically the cherry on top. He's basically this year's version of um, what's that running back's name? Um, that's on their team right now. Um, I don't know why it's slipping my mind. White dude, white dude, white running back McCaffrey. McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Ah, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, Christian, you mean? Christian McCaffrey. You mean I don't NFL know why MVP, I forgot his name. Christian McCaffrey, yes, I need some coffee right now because I'm getting tired, but anyway, um. Basically, he's just this year's version of him. You know, 49ers get somebody that's a cherry on top. They don't really, really need him. And it's just to boost up that side of, side, side of the ball. Like, as far as going back to the Bears, the Bears actually, I think, got a little bit better getting that move and quite fixing their team. 49ers didn't really need to make that trade, but they just made it. But that's that's my opinions on it. All right. Malik? Um, you know, I I honestly didn't like the Chase Young trade. Um, I understood why they made the trade, but I didn't like the Chase Young trade um, because it, I don't because I don't think I don't know what it says for the San Francisco 49ers team. They just lost three straight. Their defense has not looked good in those three losses. Um, is this to me this little this feels a little bit like a desperation move on their side, you know, trying to infuse some talent into their into their defensive line that to anthony's point was already a talented group um so are they seeing something in you know the performance of their line that's going to that requires them to bring in a player of this of this caliber and give up a third round you know conditional third round pick to do it um i don't know i don't know what it means um you know i don't know if it you know i Again, similar to you know what I said about Justin Fields, like we've seen when healthy, we've seen flashes of good play from Chase Young. But Chase was the you know number two overall pick in the twenty twenty draft. Like this is this is a guy that's that was supposed to be, you know, your Bosa's, your Hutchinsons, your you know he this this was supposed to be that guy coming out of Ohio State, and he hasn't done it yet. Um, call it injury, call it you know call it injury, call it you know uh, lack of continuity over there, Washington. And it just never for him, and he's playing for a contract. So you know, it's a good audition. You know, they bring him in and they audition him. If he works out, great. You sign him to a new deal, and if he doesn't, he probably walks. I think he's walking anyway because I just the the Forty Nineers have so many players that are going to be making money on that team at some point in time. You know, they're going to run out of cap. Um, but yeah, I, I just wasn't crazy about that. My actual my favorite trade was the Kevin Byard trade um, for a lot of the reasons that you guys mentioned. You know. Um, there was a glaring need in the in the Eagles secondary. They needed to fill that fill that hole there. Um, again, this is a seven and one team. Bayard he slots in pretty pretty nicely um, in the defensive backfield for that for that group. And I mean, this is a you know he he is thirty years old um, and he's played in Tennessee his entire career. This is a two time All Pro that you got for a fifth and a sixth. Like seriously, yeah. at thirty years of age, right? He's not. This is not like. This is not like worn down Ezekiel Elliott or something yeah. like that. This is it like reminds Kevin me of Byer Rodney can Harrison going to the past. Yeah, back, yeah, back like Ke- Kevin Byer can play, and he may have you know four or five good years left in him at relatively decent money, you know, and he's a safety, so he's not going to get paid a whole bunch of money. Um, but yeah, so to me, that was the best trade of the of the week. I mean, of, you know, of the season just because of what it could potentially do for a Philadelphia team that's on the cusp of being, you know, a Super Bowl champion. So I, I, I the buyer trade for me was was the most flashy one. Um, 
and then the one that I think is going to have the most impact, uh, if so to speak. And in Detroit, you mentioned Detroit. Um, they didn't trade for a wide receiver. I mean, they didn't trade for a cornerback, but they traded for a wide receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones from Cleveland. Um, he's a Michigan kid. You know, he played at the University of Michigan. He did. Um, and he's I, – I, I've always liked him. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that – you wind up, you know, drafting. You don't, you know, you don't wind up drafting in fantasy, but he, he winds up landing on your team in, in fantasy for one reason or another because you got bye weeks and stuff like that. And he flashes every once in a while. He'll, you know, get a kick return. Or last year, I remember um, he played with Cleveland and he, you know, scored scored a couple of touchdowns, you know, um, for them and then played and played pretty well for them. So I don't know what his role is going to be. Marvin Jones left the, left the Lions abruptly. And you know, he left left football abruptly. So there was a hole there uh in the in the wide receiver slot. We'll see if he actually winds up, you know, cracking the top four in the on the team. Um, but yeah, that was just a I think it was a good move by the team to not uh go all in on making any big any big moves um and just try to shore up what they have. Ace, you mentioned like they didn't go for a corner. What I what I heard from people around the team uh, and and reporters and folks in the Detroit media is that the team's performance, specifically the uh, the secondary's performance in that game against um, against Vegas, is what kind of prompted them to shy away from going going to trying to make a, a splash in there. Um, okay. The game balls in that Monday night game, the game balls went to, if I'm not mistaken, they went to Tracy Walker, and they went to two corners. I oh Cam Sutton. And Tracy okay. Walker or Cam Sutton and Jerry Jacobs. So I think. beating up on a um, team that was in disarray yeah. that just fired the head coach and the GM is the reason why they didn't go get two corners. Well, it's just just they feel really good about where their where their defensive secondary is at this point, right. and they didn't feel like they didn't feel the need to shake it up. You know, right. they got um, what they need in the building. and like that okay. performance against a Ra- the Raiders team was enough enough to say that. So fair enough. I'm gonna recap real quick. Quick. Um, our best bets for last week, me and Ant tied at four and one. Malik had a perfect week. So congratulations to you, sir. That was very impressive. A hundred percent. It ain't never happening again. <laughs> yeah. I've had it ain't a couple never happening weeks and had a five and a oh week. Like we are on fire this season. On the yeah. year, I have 25 wins, 15 losses in the best bets out of out of 40 games. And it's 24 and 16. And Malik is third and 23 and 18 we are all within the game of each other we are all picking above 56 percent i'm at 61 percent um if y'all ain't listening to this i don't know why we're making y'all money we're giving you these picks early you can wake up on friday open up that app put it in go down to the sports book after you get home from work do what you need to do if you in ohio if you in minnesota if you in michigan if you in massachusetts new york new jersey wherever you at Go make this money, get this bread, baby. That's why we're here. We're trying to help y'all. I'm doing this for me, so it is what it is. And speaking on that, we're going to get into these picks real quick. All right. Yeah, Danny Dimes is wasting a lot of money out there. You know, Giants need to get rid of him. <laughs> but we're going to talk about that when we get to that game. The first game of the day, we got a good of games. They got six teams on a bye this week. I do not remember them, but as you notice, we will not be mentioning the Thursday game, Tennessee and Pitt are at it. Pittsburgh's up 7-3. I took the under, so I'm happy. Keep it under 38, guys. Minnesota at Kansas City in Stuttgart. 
Frankfurt, one of them German cities. I don't know. Munich. I don't Miami. Know Miami. No, Miami's at Kansas City in Germany. No, they're playing. Each- I yeah, you said you said Germany. you said Minnesota. I said, oh, I did. You My said bad. Minnesota, oh, Miami, Kansas City. Miami, Miami versus yeah, KC. Yeah. Two of the best. Yeah, in, 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 they're in Frankfurt. They're, yeah, in Munich. That's what I said. Miami at Kansas City in Frankfurt, Germany. Playing at 9.30. I don't know what time it'll be in Germany. I think Germany's on the same time as France. So, so like six hours ahead. So that means they're playing at 1.30. It's going to be 8.30 for y'all guys. Yeah. So that, yeah. So I don't know if they're already there or not. Kansas City. Yes, yeah, six hours ahead. Yeah. And we're gonna start with you on this one since you are an AFC guy. Um, Kansas City is a favorite by one and a half points. The over under is fifty. It is the largest over under the week, fifty and a half. Who do you got? Well, this is gonna be my first lock of the week. I'm gonna be shoving some money. It's towards the Miami Dolphins on this one. It's kind of weird that I'm actually picking them because I hate them bums. But this is a Tyreek Hill's revenge game. Revenge. He's coming out with a, re- with a vengeance for the team that did not put up any money for him. He wanted to actually stay with them. And, you know, they did not want to. They did not want to say. He basically said in a quote, I really don't. It really it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They're going to get this work where wherever. Wherever, so he's gonna be kicking their behinds. So I'm gonna go with Miami, and I'm taking the over because this is gonna be a good shootout game. We're bringing that back. We bring this is the game to wake up for Sunday morning. Might have to skip church and go to church later, the afternoon type of church. If you guys go to church, gotta go there later and watch this one because Tyreek Hill is gonna be taking them to church. I'm taking Miami, taking the over. <laughs> All right. Um, depending on whether or not Taylor Swift shows up at this game, I think depends on whether or not Kansas City wins. Every game that she hasn't been to, they've lost. So there's that. Except for the Jet game, did they beat the Jets? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, they did beat the Jets, and she was there. That's right. So if she can make it to Germany, they almost lost. I have faith in Kansas City. Uh, Miami's defense seems non-existent. Kansas City's defense is all there. They need to figure out their wide receiver thing. Um, Xavier, I think their Xavier and Howard is going to play, so that also factors in. But traveling over to Germany is going to hurt both teams. I am going to lean towards Miami. I want to see them win. I want to see them light up Kansas City the same way they did with Denver, because if Denver can beat Kansas City, then anybody can beat Kansas City. They had a really bad game at, in Denver, so maybe the elevation might help coming down to sea level. Um, I think the under is fair to go in this game. I don't think either team is going to be that crisp. But either way, they both have to fly like 6,000 miles or 7,000 miles this game. But I'm taking Kansas City. I'm not locking this in. I really don't know who's going to win this game. But I'm going to be waking up at halftime. Um, I'll be coming back from church. I might be watching it in my steering wheel on the way home via my phone taped to the middle of it. But that's what I'm going to be doing. Who do you got? Wow. Phone taped to the steering wheel in 2023. There's no other technological man way for you to put I this mean, together so you can see the game when you drive and no it really isn't i i mean i'd like a device i like a steering wheel in my uh you know i like a tv in my steering wheel they made it illegal so i don't know did they I, yeah i remember see i remember hearing about those years ago but okay um yeah it's it's, it's funny it's funny that you're that you're locking this in miami i i read uh recently um, did you guys know that Miami hasn't beaten a team with a winning record? They have one win against a team with a winning record 
since last season that entered the game with the winning record against them. Yep, you, you're that's right about that. that since last season. So this track record that they've had so far of beating, you know, losing, beating bad teams, losing to Buffalo, losing to Philly, that ain't new. Okay, they clearly have an issue playing against teams that are, you know, you know, taking the test above their board. You know, this is this is test number three for them. Um, and you know, maybe the fact that they're not in, you know, familiar familiar grounds, familiar locations, um, bodes well for for Miami. But I, I I'm I tend to lean towards KC here. KC played a horrible game, probably the worst game. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely the worst game of Patrick. Yeah, yeah, the worst game of Patrick Mahomes' career. Um, this is the fir- the first time he'd ever lost against a division opponent in his entire career. They snapped a 16 game win streak against the Denver Broncos, which is eight years, which means they hadn't lost to the Denver Broncos in eight years. They're pissed. Okay, I don't care. Only been in the league for what? seven, right? Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. So you know, the fact of the matter is, like, I I just think KC's coming in, you know, with something to prove. Um, KC's coming in playing, you know, playing at a. At a they're not playing at. They were playing at a high level up until that Denver game, um, and you know, and you mentioned Tyreek Hill and and wanting to get get back. I could, would you back at KC? Would you have paid Tyreek Hill thirty million dollars a year? Hell to the no! If I'm KC, thank you. thank you. KC, KC already is paying Patrick Mahomes like forty five million. They're already paying t- Kelsey like eight, like twenty or something. I don't know what Kelsey's making. 24. Kelsey's probably making twenty. Yes, and then they're gonna pay Tyreek Hill thirty. Nah, nah. You gonna go? You gonna go somewhere else with that? I mean, we love you and everything. You gonna go somewhere else, somewhere else with that? So he might have a huge game. He might have two hundred fifty receiving yards. But Casey's defense is still pretty good. Um, they're still they, they've still been playing well all season, and I just can't fathom that you know Casey's that you know Casey's receivers are going to drop that many passes again in another in another week, um, and really mess it up. The only other thing, so I'm going to take Casey in the over. The only other thing that I'm a little worried about is um, so far this year the field conditions on in those overseas games has not been good. Now this is they're playing in Frankfurt, but those three games in London, yeah, field conditions were not good. Um and so if the field conditions are not good, I'm just praying and hoping that everybody comes out comes comes out of there safe and no injuries. Um but if the field conditions are not good, I think it hurts a team like Miami more than it does uh oh. you know, KC. So, uh, but I'm going to roll with KC in the over. All right, the over. You think this game? Yeah, be something high to think about. Over fifty points. I I think it, I think it could get there. I I think yeah, because I, I think wow. it's I think both teams are are both teams are completely capable of scoring. You know, twenty eight. So wrong. It's just the fact that they're both <laughs> like. Well, Miami won their game. Miami, yeah. Even and when they and do it's also lose, one of those things. Twenty points. So yeah. And it's also one of those things, Ace, that mm-hmm. Andy Reid knows to beat the Miami Dolphins, you're going to have to score. Because they're mm-hmm. not, they're not the type of team that can't score quickly and in bunches. So if you if you have the opportunity to score, you better put it. You better you know you better put the put the points on the board. So I don't think they're gonna let up. 
even if they get up a score, even if they get up like, you know, seven or eight points, they're going to try to keep putting the, putting the pedal to the metal to, 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 you know, separate themselves from the, from the dolphins. So I yeah, you. I definitely, I think the over, the over is a good play here. Raheem Mostert better come through if Kansas City, if Miami wants to win, but I'm kind of betting against him. That's really what my thing is. He's been kind of banged up, but we'll see. He had a good game last week. Minnesota at Atlanta. Atlanta's at home. They have only lost one game at home. Minnesota has a brand new quarterback, but they are starting rookie Jalen Hill. I've never heard of this man, but apparently he is the first black quarterback ever to start for BYU. He came up and replaced Zach Wilson. Uh, Minnesota is four and a half point underdogs in Minnesota. The over under is 37 because there are two terrible quarterbacks in this game. Um, the Green Lizard is starting for Atlanta, Taylor Heineke. Ant, who do you got? Uh, it would be kind of really messed up for me as a Jets fan if we want to find out that the Minnesota quarterback that you just mentioned wants to become the best quarterback ever of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time for BYU. All of a sudden, you know, he he's like the next Zach, Tom Brady so we'll type see. of thing. He couldn't start over we'll Zach, so we'll see. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But um, the Heineke is back. Man. The Heineken beer is back. I'm going to go with him. He's like the ultimate upgrade. He's back, baby. That's my boy. We're going to go with him. We're going to go with, uh, with Atlanta, and I'm taking the under because, you know, this, this is going to be a crappy shootout. Nobody cares about this unless you're a Minnesota fan or people that live in Atlanta or watching this um, game. But definitely going with Taylor Heineke, drink some beer for that, and I'm taking the under. I'm not, I'm not locking this in. I'm not even betting this. I'm going to avoid it and keep on going. That's my pick. I'm going to keep this one quick. Um, I'm picking Minnesota. They have better – they don't have better running backs. B. Sean Robinson is healthy. Um, they do have a quarterback that's been there all year. Heineke is what he is. Drake London's hurt, but Jordan Addison is healthy. The wide receivers from Minnesota are healthy. He's been practicing with them all week. He's been getting his reps. If this was Kirk, I think Minnesota might actually be favored. Because it's five, four and a half points, I'm going to take Minnesota, and I'm going to take the over on this one. Go ahead, Malik. The over? 37 and a half points. I'm taking the over. Over 37, and I'm taking Minnesota. Yeah. You okay. It's going to be either a sloppy game or a sloppy <laughs> high-scoring game. Expect Koo to get like 15 field goals in this one for them to win. Um. So, yeah, for me, I the reason why Desmond Ritter got benched is because Desmond Ritter had – I think it was seven turnovers in the last three games in the red zone. Well, they said he had a concussion. Like, those are three games that Atlanta could have won and probably should have and probably should have won. Um, so he yeah, he was benched. He was benched in the game against Tennessee last week, and he's benched again, you know, through through this. I, it doesn't sound like Arthur Smith has any any any, you know, plans on going back to Desmond Ritter this season if Taylor Heineke plays well. But I say all that to say, um, you know. Apparently they, they must trust Taylor Heineke to not turn the football over. Um, and because of that fact, I think Atlanta's defense is good enough to make enough plays to you know hold Minnesota at bay. I will pick them. They've got plenty of talent on the offensive side of the football. So Taylor Heineke has, can can you know dump the ball to Bijan Robinson. He's got Tyler Algier. He's got, you know, um Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Maybe we'll actually see a good Kyle Pitts game because he has a quarterback that's not afraid to throw him the football and won't like just take off running. <laughs> um, nice. So yeah, maybe we get some good Kyle Pitts plays. Um, so yeah, and, and Atlanta's defense is is actually pretty good. 
It's actually a pretty good group. So um, I'll take Atlanta and the under in this one. Um, and it's going to be my first lock of the week. Mm. All right. Next on to Arizona at Cleveland. Cleveland, one of the largest spreads this week. Cleveland is favored by eight and a half over the Arizona Cardinals. Especially after Cleveland just got beat the way that they did in Seattle. The over-under is 37 and a half. It appears that my man P.J. Walker is going to be starting again for Cleveland. And I'm going to be locking in the Cleveland Browns to beat the breaks off of the Arizona Cardinals. This is my first lock of the week. Arizona has no hope. They got no quarterback. Their quarterback is coming back from torn ACL. I do not believe he is going to start. They're kind of playing a little bit of games with who's going to play. If it's the Clayton Tune, I got no faith in that guy. I'm sorry. He was great in college, but the same college, my man. Um, your first game and you're going against Cleveland's defense in Cleveland, a weather game when you play in Arizona, that is not bode well for you. So I'm just going to say that off top. And who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with you, Ace. So I'm not locking this in. I'm going with Cleveland. I'm taking the under in this one. I think Arizona's just – you are correct. Arizona's just playing that game. But at the end of the day, we're going to see – we're not going to see that whoever um, the, the quarterback is. Nobody gives a hoot about him. We, we're going to see the, the real quarterback. But still, Cleveland's going to win this day at home. They're, they're pissed off. They, as people put when teams lose games. And they're basically fighting for their lives right now. So I'm going to go with Cleveland on this one. Arizona's basically, you know – Half, half, half-ass tanking. Got you on that, Malik. What do you got? Active tanking is what I'm calling this for Arizona. <laughs> uh, Caleb. T- oh, that's Caleb, a nice word. That's a nice way to say they're, it. They're act. They're, they're it's an active tank. They're they're showing up, <laughs> showing up, and, and they're they're playing rough. They're playing hard, but they know that they don't have the um the the, the dogs here. Um. Cleveland's defense is still one of the top units in the NFL, and they're they're you know they they did they lose last week? Yeah, they lost last week. Um, and but they're but they're that team is still on that side of the football at least. That team is no joke. Um, still not sure what what their what the situation with the quarterback is. Deshaun Watson did practice some this week. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know what what that looks like earlier yet. Um, what's that? I said I saw it earlier. He said something silly. Anyway, yeah. I, can't, I can't find it right now, but I know I saw something oh. earlier when I was working. Deshaun, Watson, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Ah, well, yeah. you know. You know. Yeah. I, I think I think the best play for this is the under, just because of what I said about, about the defense for the for uh Cleveland and Arizona starting a you know rookie quarterback. Um, I don't think they're gonna score a lot of points. And because of that, I think I think you know 16, 20 points for for Cleveland would be more than enough to hold Arizona down uh, at home. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Browns and the under as well. I think the under is my best bet. If you want to throw that throw that on a parlay, you should do that. Um, I'll take I'll take that. But uh, yeah, Cleveland Cleveland should definitely roll in this one and uh, take care of business. So Cleveland and the under. And I would like to say, if you think Cleveland's going to win, they're probably going to cover because every game that Cleveland has won, they've covered the spread. I'd like to point that out to our uh, listeners. L.A. Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Blueface will not be at this game. The spread is three points. The over-under is 38. Ant, who do you got? Um, I'm taking the Rams in this one, and I'm taking the under. I'm starting to lose faith in Green Bay. They seem like they're going to fall. They, they're faulting down, whatever. I know, yeah, guys might have been saying about time. I don't know why you guys was even caught on the love train in the beginning, but, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say starting, oh. starting, <laughs> <laughs> starting to lose weight. But yeah, um, quite as far as from what I'm seeing, looking at the, the, the division, I'm still making, still putting my little pie charts together. As far as from what I'm calculating, it's gonna be the um the Lions in first place, the Bears in second, Green Bay's so far is in third, and the Vikings in last. But um, actually no, Vikings in third and Green Bay's in last. The way how things are falling down down there but i'm taking the, the um the rams and i'm taking the under in this one as far as this game is concerned because i don't think green bay is going to really do anything okay okay actually you know what sorry about that rams in the in the over the rams in the over yeah look at, it, look at it, look even though the green bay is not going to do nothing i still i still think it can make it more than 30 38 and a half gotcha all right i feel you on that um what's his name i keep forgetting like let me not pretend uh stafford was hurt. He's expected to play. He's uh, one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league. If he plays, the Rams Cooper's playing. That's why it matters. I am. That's true. And Cooper. I am betting on the fact that the Rams are going to play, so I'm locking in the Puka. Rams. The Rams only beat bad teams. The only two teams they've beaten are Arizona and the Colts. And that Colts game was the first game of the season, and they had to play all out just to win that one. They've lost to the Eagles, the Steelers, and the Cowboys. The Packers have only won two games, and that was a one-point win against the Saints and the Bears week one. So that lets you know what the, the Packers are trending, and that's down. So being as both of these teams are trending for a top 10, top 15 pick, give me the Rams, lock that in. Stafford all day. Let's go. Yeah, Malik. Yeah, Stafford's thumb scares me. Um, the Rams scare me overall. Uh, I Thought they would be a little bit better. I I did did pick Dallas over them last week, but thought they'd be a little bit better. They got their they got smoked in, in that game. It was I mean it was halftime. It was like thirty three to three, right? It was like okay, Stafford. I do figured Stafford threw a pick, which he did. Um, and then he dislocated his thumb, and yeah, it did not look good when he you know when I saw that 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 play and I saw what happened to his finger. It did not look good at all. Um, if he plays, I think he's obviously he's the best quarterback in this matchup uh he's a better quarterback than jordan love um if he plays i lean towards the rams but green bay is green by as much as happy as i am to see what to see where green bay has fallen you know my question is are they this bad like are they this bad like I, it's hard to it's hard to imagine that they are this bad, and not that they are that just that they're this bad, but they're this bad at home. You know, they're they're four they're four of their five losses this this season have come on the road. They've only lost one game at home, and that was against uh, Minnesota last week. So well, before that, you know, mighty, um, without Kirk Cousins, Minnesota. Well, for a portion of the game, he was there in the beginning at least, um, but. So it's just it's hard to pick. It's, it's, it's they, they figure you gotta have you know Jordan Love's gonna get it right at least one game, right? So is it is it fair to say that he get it right against a, a Rams team that you know has played a little bit above their above their board for the last uh, you know at this point and everybody expected to be pretty bad and they've been pretty bad. Um, the only the only reason that I lean towards the Rams here is because I, I don't want to. You know, Green Bay has had such difficulty scoring points especially in the first half, half of football games yeah. that I can't give points away. So if, I cannot give points if, if this team can't score points. Not so I'm going to take, 
Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take the Rams with you guys here. Um, I'm not going to lock this in. This doesn't, I don't feel good about it because it was a Stafford injury um, and because of how bad they looked. But yeah, I can't, I can't you know, convince myself to give points um, if I'm the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I would hope that this would be a pick, a pick them, then I would pick Green Bay. Um, but I, I'll probably be watching this game. I'll have one eye on this game, um, you know, just, just to see, just to see how bad Green Bay actually is. Because, you know, I wanted them to be bad, but I don't know if I wanted them to be this bad. And you got something to say about this? Oh, and the under for me. Okay. Oh, I just want to add in one thing. Um, Is Green Bay just that bad? Yes. Is Green Bay just that bad? Or is Aaron Rodgers just that damn good to hold him up to all these damn years? Hmm. I think it's little column A and little column B. I think yeah. Devontae Adams and him together were that good. I think yeah. um, it really shows how well he was playing over the last five seasons with them and how they really invested in defense and they have some good defenders and they've paid them and how they didn't invest so much in offensive line and, you know, other weapons, even, you know, drafting a, a pass catching tight end with a league is trended. So I think they kind of let that fall apart and maybe, you know, being owned by a city and not by a person, you know, maybe you have some bad management, some bad management decisions. So, that might be one of them, you know. I just want, I just really I mean, want to know. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I no. was just gonna say, I just wanted to know. I just wanted quick how good Green Bay would have been actually this year if Rogers was there. I think you've uh, answered. You. I think I think you know the answer to that question, Ant. I mean, and I think you know the answer to that question better than anybody anybody here. You know what Aaron Rodgers' presence does for a team even if he's not on the field his presence on the team you know just seeing the seeing him around the team him being a part of the team him being you know that veteran presence that relaxing presence remember when he did that whole relaxed thing on the radio and you know and like literally all of green bay just kind of calmed down <laughs> like yeah. it was wisconsin kind of calmed down like yeah. his the president you know, that's one thing about aaron Rodgers is probably the thing i've hated hated about him the most is that he never gets rattled and he always feels he always seems to have things under control even when things are going really crazy around him um and that's something that just for a young team, and the Packers were a very young team, you need that. Um, and you can see Jordan Love is rattled. You can see him get rattled in games. When the pressure comes to him, he's making bad throws, and he's just not looking good. And I think Aaron Rodgers covered up for a lot of things that were wrong, um, a lot of mistakes in, in Green Bay that were made. And we see the same thing with um, the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, mm-hmm. you know? You when you have a quarterback like that, you get to make bad decisions with, with the rest of your team, you get, yeah. the rest I, of your roster. I, you get to I, get a chance to do that. I really didn't never notice it until this year how Coy guys was basically almost in the same boat as me with the Tom Brady um thing. As soon as, I I, told as, soon as he's you gone, as soon as he's gone, it's like I, mean, I can see why you guys was like, fuck him, I'm glad he's gone, whatever. You know, <laughs> take him and go. <laughs> floodgates open. The floodgates open, man. You you, you just don't know how difficult. That was, and again, you had Tom Brady, we had Brett Favre, and then Aaron Rodgers. Like, like we, so, so what bothered me the most about Brett Favre was he was so overrated and mediocre to me. It's like we would pick him off like three times, and somehow this guy would still win the game. It's like, how does he get all these chances? How? <laughs> how? At least with Rodgers, you're like, 
He's beating you by throwing 225 yards and three touchdowns because he never takes any chances, but he don't have to. And he throws four interceptions this season. Like, that's like, like, but like, do that. Far restoring four in a game and somehow one touchdown (laughs) or three touchdowns, and he still wins. It's like, what is this? This is not football. This is video game. Yeah, I just see him just tossing. Yeah, he does toss it around like some little 12 year olds playing Madden or something like that. And like, oh, he's the greatest (laughs) quarterback ever. No, he's not. He's the luckiest quarterback ever. I, I did my rant on here about him two years ago. So you want to check that out, go back and listen to season two, one of the episodes towards the end. Washington and New England, two sorry teams. Look at both getting sorrier by the day. Um, Washington's getting three and a half points. The over-under is 40. I do. I will say, Sam Howell looks like a good quarterback. They put up a bunch of points against Philly. Like, they were really trying. They still got two defensive tackles. They don't have any defensive ends left. I don't know on the roster. I don't know. I can't name any of these dudes. But maybe it's your chance to get paid. Magic Johnson will probably be at this game. Actually, probably not. It's going to be cold. So he ain't going. And it's an away game. But we will see. People like to come to New England to come up to these games. They got a pretty – they revamped the stadium. So we'll see. Um, I'm taking Washington. I have no faith that New England is actively trying to win as they made no moves. They made no moves at wide receiver where everybody appears to be hurt. So I don't know who's going to be catching these passes. So I'm locking in the Washington commanders at getting three and a half points on the road and those 40 and a half points. And who do we got? That's my second or third, third lock of the week. Third lock. Go ahead, Ann. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on this one. Is um, go Washington. This is basically um, two old school type of coaches or whatever going against each other. But Washington, at least, you know, they they have actual players on their team. They actually have an actual offensive coordinator on their team. Yeah, New England got that nice defense, and they're going to be in New England, whatever. But I'm going just because just because of that those two alone, I'm just going to take. I'm still taking Washington, and I'm still taking the under in this one just because of the New England, the defense, whatever. But I'm starting. I just have to put this little side note in here. I'm starting to think that Bill Belichick is not the greatest coach of all time, just like how everybody's been saying. What? It's all. It's all. It's all TB12. It's all been TV 12. Yes, Bill Belichick had a good defense in the beginning, whatever, but he, his, his, his reputation is starting to fall, fall apart as the weeks go on. And uh, we call these games, but I'm taking Washington, taking the under, taking the beat down, not putting it as a lock, though. All right. Malik, you seem like you got a lot to say about this one. You're mute. Unmute yourself, Malik. You're mute. Sorry. I was just oh, how the tables have turned. Anthony started this season. I mean, if if I, th- I think Anthony had PTSD. I think he honestly <laughs> had PTSD. He started the season pretty much saying whatever time, whatever Bill Belichick wants to do, he's going to do against you. Look, if this was week one, Anthony would have picked the Patriots and the over. And he would have been like locking this one in. Patriots are the over because he's going to do. Bill Belichick is, you know, the ultimate sorcerer. He's Darth Vader. Like he's 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 just, you know, he's going to destroy whatever you do because he's did that to us for so many years, and we hate him. And just to hear old man in an old old folks home right now to hear you. Anthony, to hear you go completely or 180, do a complete 180 at this point of the season is absolutely gold. Um, He's crippling before my eyes. 
I I'm and and the funny thing is that's the reason why I'm leading New England here. Because I, I'm leading New England. I'm leading New England here. No, I'm, leading, I'm not leading New England here because of Anthony. I'm leading New England here because Washington traded away two of their best defensive players. Like they traded away two of the best defensive players on their line. Like okay. I, I, I'm just uh, and and they, they played a very points against the Eagles. They they no that's what I'm saying. They played a very good game against the Eagles, but that's the second time they played a very good game against the Eagles and lost that game. So clearly it just means they play the Eagles really, really well, right? I guess <laughs> everybody else, I guess everybody else, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty bad. They're pretty Keep track bad. of those replacements, though. Keep track of those replacement players that are stepping up and see what happens. There's a reason yeah, why they look, had to trade them away. This is a this is a team. They this is a team that like I said, they played the Eagles really well. They scored 31 in the 31 in the first game. They scored 31 in the second game. A total of 62 points against the Eagles. They scored seven against the Giants. <laughs> They got smoked by the, they got smoked. I mean, smoked by the Bears. We're really okay on on thir- on Thursday night. They scored three against Buffalo. They scored three against Buffalo. You know, so to me, I just don't know what to make of Washington. And they just traded away two of their two of their better defensive players. So New England's at home. They're only giving three. I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, and 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 roll with them. I'm not locking it in, but I'm gonna go ahead and roll with them to at least get a a victory at home against a, a team that's still trying to figure out what the hell they are, and you know have probably may have some chemistry issues coming out of the last two losses against Philly and and the Giants. So I'm gonna take New England in the under. It's hard for me to have faith, not in Belichick, but like in the offense of the New England Patriots because. I mean, their best offensive option right now is Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson. And I do not know who their wide receiver is, like, legitimately. Like, they're going to have to run a lot of two TD tight end sets. But, you know, Bill O'Brien can do that. Like, he's used to that. Um, Next up, we got Chicago at New Orleans. Bears are playing in the Dome, so weather will not be a factor. The spread started at 7.5. It's now at 8.5. Over under is 41.5. It appears that Tyson Bajent, is going to be playing. Maybe he'll have a hundred family members in uh, the stands at this one, so that might help him. Tickets are a bit cheaper in New Orleans than anywhere else, and they got a bigger stadium, so we will see. Uh, Malik, you're home away from home. Have you made a pick yet? You can go I ahead. have made a pick. Okay. No, I have made a pick, and I'm picking New Orleans, and this is my second lock of the week. I'm going to take New what? Orleans and the under in this game. Um, <clears throat> Look, I mean, it's it's a lot of points, and I'm not I'm not comfortable with with this many points, you know. Given that New given given that New Orleans has been a little bit up and down in points and scoring points this year, but over the last three games they've gone over twenty. Um, I mean, sorry, in the last in, in three of the last four games they've gone over twenty. They scored twenty four against Jacksonville. They scored thirty eight against against Indianapolis in Indianapolis, and then we had the thirty four the thirty four point win uh in you know in new england so they can score if they can if they can you know stay stay on script and get things get things rolling i think they can score with, with pretty much anybody um the bears are introducing some new some new blood as we talked about they're introducing new blood on the defensive side of the ball and that might take a little bit of time to to gel and to bring all of that together and the new orleans defense is still pretty damn good and we'll we'll have a you know a fairly decent time. I think we'll have a fairly decent time uh, containing Tyler Bajent and the 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 Bears offense. So I think New Orleans can can you know 
Tyson, Tyler, whatever his name is. Well, um, Tyler. It doesn't matter what his name is. Tyler is. <laughs> I think. I think. Oh yeah, Tyler is the yeah. I, that, I saw that video. Um, I think that the the Saints can can hold it down here. I would love to get this game at seven, at eight and a half. It's just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good. But I'm gonna still take it. I'm gonna lock them in New Orleans and the uh, under here. All right, Ant, who do you got? I'm taking New Orleans as well, but I'm gonna take them in the over. I think this is might actually be a good game. This is basically Derek Carr versus a quarterback that nobody cares about. As soon as Justin, um, Justin, what's the, Justin Fields gets back into the game, nobody cares Justin about this guy. Watson. Come on, Justin, what's his name? How dare you, sir? Justin Fields? Justin Fields. At least he's more respectable than the guy you're starting right now. Come on now. We we don't know who this guy is. He's not gonna he's not gonna be back next season. He he's basically gonna be two superstar from Shepherd University. We know the and he's gonna be game. packing bags next year after the next AMP, whatever. He will um, be a star I'm, I'm, quarterback for some sorry team, backup quarterback, probably the Atlanta Falcons, I guess. No, it's some XFL team he's gonna be at next year. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm taking New Orleans. Of course, I'm not gonna lock this in. I'm sorry, I was gonna pick the Bears, but this since uh, Justin Fields is not back yet, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with a better quarterback. So I'm taking the over in this one just because New Orleans is at home. This might be a little fun game to play around, whatever, and smack, smack Chicago around a little bit, even though they got that new, nice, new, shiny defensive defensive player there. All right. New Orleans is 2-5-1 and one against the spread um, in their eight games. They are 4-4 four and four straight up on the season. The Bears are 1-3 and three on the road against the spread. New Orleans has not won a game, has not covered a game against the spread all year. They've won games at home, they do not cover being as this game is trending towards eight and a half, I think the Bears lose by a touchdown. I'm taking the Bears. The Bears should be able to keep it close. New Orleans offense is not um, something that is – it's not a mystery. They're going to throw deep bombs to Shahid. They're going to throw short outs to Michael uh, if he shows up. I can't remember his name right now. Michael, I caught 100 passes from Drew Brees, which is why I'm still there, and I'm under contract so I don't get fired. And the Bears are going to have to run the ball with Roshan Smith and Council uh, Foreman. Thomas. Huh? Michael Thomas, thank you. And we will see what the rest of the team does. Um, the ones has a pretty good defense. They have a really good secondary, which is what scares me about Bajan. But I say they just run the uh, wing tee and just run the ball 45 times this game and see what happens. Keep it low scoring, keep it close, and then maybe he won't make no mistakes. He is a rookie, um, but he's got a lot of reps, and he's seen a really good defense last week. So going to another road game with no weather being a factor uh, should help the Bears. And I think they should cover, but they should not win. So this will be a low-scoring game, in my opinion, so I'm going to take the under. 17-10, you know, 20, 21-10, somewhere around there. 21, like, yeah, somewhere around there. So hopefully the Bears keep it close enough. But I, I wouldn't lock this in as a lock at all. But I see why people want to lean on New Orleans. But I think the smart one is going to take Chicago. So Seattle at my Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens favorite by five and a half. The over-under is 44 Ants. Oh, wait, I'm going to go first in this one. My bad, Ants. Sorry about that. Um, Baltimore is on a hot streak. They're the best team in the AFC by record. They are going to win that division. And beating up on Seattle will show them, will show the league that they're ready for that. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to lock in Baltimore. I think that Lamar Jackson is headed towards another MVP season if they get it to a quarterback, as opposed to Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey. So give me Baltimore. I believe in that team. I believe in that defense. 
And I do not have faith that Seattle will be able to go on the road and uh, play a good offensive game against them. They're a really good run team, run defensive team. And when things are clicking, they're looking really, really good. Yeah, man. Um, you hear that sound, Ace, that, that rolling sound? You hear it? No, that must be your headphones, bro. No, 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 no. This is a rolling sound. You know, that's my eyes. That's my eyes rolling back every time you say my Baltimore Ravens. Come on now. We, we all know your business. I'm a long time Ravens fan. Everyone knows nice. this. Stop your lying. Zing, they zing. founded the franchise in 96. Oh, yeah. Good, good, shout good. Out, good look at, I, I saw you looking at that Wikipedia page. Stop shout it. Out, Jonathan. Stop it. Shout out, back. I've been with them since way back. Don't, don't, don't come for me. Stop it. Don't do that. Brigazi, bandwagon, stick to your team. I can jump on any bandwagon I want. Stick to your bears. But anyway, on that note, I'm going to go with your, your fake team over there. I'm taking Baltimore and the under or whatever. Um, I'm going to go with the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to put some um, – give Pete Cowan the defense some fits. This is going to be a good battle. This is going to definitely be a good game to watch. But um, I'm taking Baltimore in this one. I think they're going to sweep this out. But I'm taking Baltimore on the under. And this is going to be my second lock of the week. I'm just mad that I live in New England because otherwise this game would be on TV for me on CBS. Unfortunately, oh. I'm going to get that sorry. Uh, so, so New England would have been one of your favorite teams, right? If if you was um if it was what? good and had Brady too, right? Nah, New England would have been your favorite team if Brady was there, I mean, right? I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Michigan fan on the low, but like I, I kind of switch up my college teams. But you know, I didn't go to Michigan, but I. Used to uh, but Baltimore, I've been with Baltimore for a long time. Shout out to, shout out to 2008. Lies. Uh, Malik, you got, <laughs> I'm not, not going to rip you over your Baltimore love. I mean, if you got to like, if you got to like somebody, you know, that's a good, that's a good team to, to enjoy watching, you know, um, it's a good team. To, it's a good team to cheer for when you can't cheer for your own team. So I'll just say it that way. And as a Lions fan, there's been plenty of moments where I've looked at other teams and gone, you know what, today I'm going to root for them because, you know, my team just lost by a whole bunch of points. Um, <clears throat> speaking of my Lions, this is the Detroit Lions Bowl. Because these are the two teams that have beaten the Detroit Lions this year, um, but the uh, and they're playing against each other, which is which is great for me because it means somebody somebody in this group has to lose. I'm going to lean towards the home team uh, getting the dub here. Um, the last time Seattle went to the AFC North, they played in Cincinnati and they lost that game 17-13. They were only able to, to muster up 13 points against a Seattle a Cincinnati team that at the time was not. Um, was not you know was not playing great football. They were just kind of just getting back to their to to their the levels of their abilities, um, and that game went 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 to the under, and they lost that game they lost that game straight up. So I think um, Baltimore uh, Ace, you mentioned it. Baltimore's clicking. They've mm -hmm. won three straight. Um, they've won three straight. They and they've been the best one of the best teams in the nfl for you know for the better part of the year lamar jackson is healthy the yeah lamar jackson is healthy uh and the, the rest of the team around him is healthy his receivers are, are are playing decent mark andrews is doing well lamar lamar they won the game last week and lamar jackson didn't have a good game that right. shows you what type of team they are they can win ugly they can win you know in shootouts they can win in a bunch of different ways 
Baltimore's actually the team that I'm really looking at to be the to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. Um, and so be that said, in order to do that, you've got to win games like this. You've got to win games at home, win your games at home, even against a Seattle team that's pretty good. Um, Gino's not getting any respect, but I think this this time around he's gonna get bludgeoned. That defense and the way that they bring pressure with you know all of the stunts and the and the and 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 the you know the work that they can do from that standpoint, man, it was it was it was pretty damn. It was pretty damn incredible. I think Gino might feel a little bit better than Jared Goff did in that game in, in, in the game on Sunday, but not much. So I can't see Baltimore uh when it can't can't see Baltimore in this game. So I'm locking this in Baltimore in the over. All right. Did I lock this game in? Because if not, I need to. You did not. I'm gonna lock this in for my fourth lock of the week. I'm, I'm gonna go with okay. that one. That makes good money. And if it I don't know, make I lock dollars, it, in. it don't make sense. That's good. We all locked it. We won on, on the one lock we all had together last week. We all won. So clearly we know what we're talking about here. So pay attention to these locks of the week, folks. We're going to make some bread for the holidays, as my father keeps talking about on uh, Overreaction Tuesday pod. You know, these are going to make you some cash, a little bit of scratch. Next up, we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. Houston is favored by two and a half points. The over-under is 40. Um, I'm going to be taking Tampa. They're getting three points on most sports books, but um, right now it's two and a half on MGM. That's the line we're using. I do not have faith in the quarterback to beat another top defense. I think Tampa Bay has better receivers. I think they have a better running back. Um, I don't know what Damian Pierce is doing this year. Last year he was playing great, not playing so great. And both of these teams are kind of around the middle level. Um, Houston is two and one against spread at home. And against the spread on the road, Tampa is 3-0. and And who do you got? I'm going to go the opposite on this one. I'm taking the Houston, and I'm taking the um over in this one. I think Houston is a little bit of a scrappy little team or whatever. I like to, like you said, Tampa got the, the nice the um court. They got the quarterback okay with Baker Mayfield. They got the receivers. They got the running backs and stuff like that. But I think Houston can maybe pull this off. And I don't know. I just, you know. Maybe because I'm in this state or whatever, and I, you know I need to go outside sometime. So I'm mm. going to take Houston. I'm going to take the under in this one. Man, ain't no Houston fans in San Antonio stop. Yeah, it is. I saw like two of them yesterday. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Malik. Um, watching the Titans play last week, uh, it reminded me that I, I really wish that the Titans would have sold the rights to those Houston Oilers jerseys back to the Houston, back to Houston as a city. So that the Houston could have worn those jerseys, felt really weird watching the mm-hmm. watching the Titans. And I get it; they wore the Houston Oilers and they moved and they own they own the rights and so on and so forth. But it felt really it's like weird. Watching OKC wear Sonics throwbacks, like y'all left. Y'all yeah, left. y'all left. Just leave the leave the jersey over there. Houston should have gotten an opportunity to wear that. Um, I would have liked to have seen the Houston Oilers again, um, even even for a slight moment. Um, I lean slightly towards Houston here because they're at home and because I've seen I've seen good Houston um more than I've seen good Tampa Bay thus far um Houston I attribute their loss last week to them coming off of the bye and you know and may, maybe you know and just just you know Carolina, you know, making a couple of good plays at the end of that game, but their defense, Houston's defense played well. They've they've stayed stout from that perspective. 
Um, both teams have been good defending run, but defending the run, but they've been bad against the past. And both teams don't run the ball well, um, but are solid. But they're solid passing the football. Um, I think Houston hasn't has an edge on the from the, on the passing side, which is why I'm going to pick them here. Um, but both defenses struggle on third down, but excel in the red zone. So like these are very very similar teams to one another, which is why I lean with the home team, uh, and I'll give the three. Uh, I'll give the I'm sorry I'll give the two and a half here. If it's three, then it's then I'm probably leading Tampa Bay. I think this is I think this is one of those games that finishes like 21-19. So I'm gonna lean I'm gonna go Houston and the under. All right, I feel you on that. That makes sense. Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. The Colts are road favorites. They're giving two and a half to the Panthers at home. Came off their first victory of the season. 44 and a half. Hopefully they're still not all drunk during this game. So they'll be able to play. I imagine they've been celebrating all week. Um, and who do you got? Well, um, I'm going to take it in the Indianapolis because Carolina actually finally won a, won a game and I don't picture them winning another one. The, the bears kind of need, need to get a nice wide receiver. So Carolina, you know, they're going to do yep. their job. Just like, just like how the meme kept on saying with the, they showed the, um, of course, Starship Troopers, and they said, "I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job." Yeah, Carolina ain't doing shit. So, <laughs> I'm going to take Indianapolis, and I'm going to take the under this one. Uh, uh, that's hilarious. I do love that show, uh, man, Eric. Uh, nah, yeah, guy from Tim and Eric. Um, Wait, and you said you're taking Carolina or Indiana? Indi- sorry, Indianapolis. In the okay. under. 65% of the money right now was on the Colts. That's how where people are picking. Um, they're two and one on the road against the spread. Carolina is one, one, and one at home against the spread. Right now, it is currently plus two and a half for Carolina. I think it, the Colts can win by a field goal. They put up a lot of points against Cleveland and still lost. Gardner Ministry and his whole team are trying to win games. Um, their season is a little bit lost, but not completely. I think they have a shot, but it looks like Tennessee is probably going to win this division. Either way, and the Colts aren't trying to tank. Jonathan Taylor got his money. They got the best player on the field. Therefore, I'm picking the Colts. Go ahead, Malik. Um, I would just like the record to show we all had a we all had a great week last week picking games. I just like the record to show that I picked the Carolina Panthers to win their first game of the season against the America, Houston yes. uh, Texans last week. I did pick that game. Um, I took Cincinnati. So um, I, I had a... Denver. Yeah, you did. Do I had you a still feeling, believe in them? Do I still believe? I, and I do. And I, and that's what I was going to say. I do believe in them this week. I think that they're going to get another win this week. Look, if, if for nothing else, the Indianapolis Colts did Frank Reich dirty. Frank Reich was a good was, was a, he had a 40 and 33 record and two playoff appearances as the head coach in Indianapolis. They shit on him with, with the quarterback situation every year. Every year they gave him a different quarterback, a washed up one, a young one, another washed up one, an old one. They just kept giving him crap. He finally got himself a you know first number one overall draft pick with um with Bryce Young, and it's taken some it's taken some time. He asked. They might have this. something. In his in, in fairness, he did. To, to, he did. Yeah, he, he didn't know. He he didn't know how washed up Carson Carson Wentz was at the time. Um, Carolina might have something with this new uh, play caller Thomas Brown. 
Um, ever since then, you know, the last week against uh, against Houston, Bryce Young had his best uh, passer rating uh, of his of his young career. Um, he averaged a season high seven point six yards per attempt, and you know they had some success. Uh, and Indy's defense is, is is a little banged up. They've got some injuries on that side of, on that side of the ball. And Gardner Minshew, as much as we like as much as we like the Minshew, the Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew in the last three games alone has nine turnovers. That's all nine, five picks, four lost fumbles. Okay, so he's clearly capable of you know putting the ball on the ground and making making things very very interesting for the other for the opponent. So because of that, and because they're getting points again, just like they got last week, I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers to upset the Indianapolis Colts. I'll take Carolina and the under. I would like to say this in wow. defense of Gardner Minshew. He's a bit of a gunslinger, so you know he likes to take chances. That's all. Yeah. I want and to say. so he'll so he'll throw he'll throw he'll throw another one to the to the Panthers today. Yeah, young squad. They have you won as I'm many s- games with him leading them as Carolina has with Brett Young leading them. You know what I'm going to be scared of? Mm-hmm. That this will be the deciding game to have Belik take the lead. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not locking this in, so we don't. You know, maybe. <laughs> well, Let's not see. The best bets, but overall in the season, maybe. Like real talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is gonna be a terrible game to watch. I will not be watching. If this turns no, I'm into skipping a good that. game somehow that just means that Jonathan Taylor has gone off and hopefully he does because I got him in fantasy. So get that work, JT. The New Jersey Giants at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders have fired their head coach, Jonathan, uh, I forget his name, McDaniels. That extra ass, man. Really does not help Coach Dan McDaniel doing great in Miami. McDaniels just got fired in Vegas. Second head coaching job he got fired from. Um, Brian Dayball looks like he's losing his mind every time on the sideline. The Giants are getting one and a half points, even though both of these teams is terrible. The over-under is 37 and a half. I'm surprised it's not 31, because neither of these teams can put up a point. Aiden O'Connell and Tommy DeVito. If you haven't heard those names, I mean, you don't watch college football. And with that being said, I'm going to let Anthony go and try to make a pick on who's actually going with this game. Go ahead, Anthony. I don't, can we just push this game? Because I don't want to make no pick here. We got, but you know what? I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Vegas because I saw what um what's name Danny DeVito did last week against my Jets. Even though Vegas actually has the worst, the worst ranked defense in the NFL, I'm still gonna go with the Raiders on this one. And I'm gonna make this my third lock of the week. I'm gonna bet on this crappy bowl. <laughs> this is gonna be horrible. This is, but the thing is that we have a new spark. He's got a new coach coming in there. Maybe some juices might flow or something like that. But come on now, who's gonna pick Danny DeVito? Maybe, maybe Danny Dimes might come back. But right now, Danny DeVito, he ain't doing nothing. He ain't doing nothing. Tommy DeVito. So, oh, sorry, guys. Danny DeVito. He's not doing anything. He 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 could become Tommy when he when he actually wins a game, but Danny DeVito right now is losing. So I'm taking the Ve- I'm taking the Vegas in this one. They're gonna have that one week spark and they're gonna get their ass crushed. Pause next week, the following week. I'm gonna make that my third lock of the week. I think this is my third lock. Mm-hmm. Your for third or fourth, third, Malik said. Um, okay. Okay, yeah, for third. Thanks. The yeah. Pause again. The we ain't doing that here. That's a different show for that. Um, the <laughs> Raiders have Marcus Peters, who is the best cornerback in this game. They have Max Crosby, who's the best defensive lineman in this game. And 
they have Michael Mayer, who's the best tight end of this game, and Devontae Adams, who's the best wide receiver. The only thing the Giants have going Oh, Giants going to be without their tight end, too. That's correct. Darren Waller. So, no revenge game for him. Um, clearly, the owner of the Raiders makes terrible decisions when hiring people, um, as shown by his last two head coaches. He is good on picking players, I guess, or putting people. GMs haven't been so terrible, except for the last GM that was with, um, can't remember his name, the one that's suing the NFL for being uh, calling him out as a racist. Like, hey, you guys are racist too, which I love that as an argument. Like, you, what are you talking about? I was in the emails with y'all. You're just as racist as I am. That, that, that's still Wasn't my the Raiders, Raiders GM used to be that guy that used to pick stuff on um, for, yeah, my phone, draft, Mike Mayock. Yeah. They picked the, yeah, he picked his GM based on who was on television the most. So that shows you the decisions of the owner of that team. I have no faith in that or the new head coach uh, for next season. Good luck, Antonio Pierce. I hope you get some wins, brother, but you could win every single game this season and he ain't going to make you your head coach. I say just do it however you want to do it and go all in. These are two quarterbacks from the Big Ten West, which are not known for producing any good quarterbacks. Tommy DeVito's from Illinois, and the other dude played for Purdue. That being said, I'm taking I'm taking the Raiders because they're at home and they have all the offensive talent outside of Saquon and actual defensive players that I can name. The Giants' defense is bereft of talent. Brian Dable's going to melt down on everybody this whole game and lose his mind. Those broken headsets is three for them. Give me the Raiders. Go ahead, Malik. What's up, man? Oh, wait, before you go, Malik, I just want to say this one thing. Yeah. Last week, I don't know if y'all guys saw that game with, with the Jets. They literally, the Giants fans were saying, let him pass. The, the fans was actually chanting. They, quite, they was actually begging for a pass. And the only pass he was doing is passing the Saquon Barkley. Listen, when you have your third-string quarterback in there, it's you, you know what I've noticed? They always talk about how quarterbacks aren't good. And then it's like, no, you don't trust him. You don't trust him for the ball. You're treating this like a high school – I'll even take it further than that. You're treating this like a popcorn football game, and you're not going to let this 13-year-old lose that game. So we're going to keep giving it to my son, the best running back on this team, and you better run that goddamn ball. And that's what happens <laughs> when the third stringer comes in. And what I'm saying is, if you're going to lose and you're the offense coordinator and the head coach and you're a good one, call the plays you want to call. Go for it. Because being conservative ain't going to win you this game. It's not. It hasn't worked yet. It hasn't worked so far, which is why I'm calling you the New Jersey Giants. So go for the win. They got two wins. Vegas has three. Both of these teams are sorry. So just air it out. Take your chances. What's the worst? Like, Jersey Giants with, by more? with Danny DeVito. Like, either way, Tommy DeVito. You're going to lose regardless. So just lose your way. But if you're going to lose conservative, then that's fine. They'll still criticize you. Go ahead, Malik. Well, um. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say too much <laughs> here. Um, Daniel Jones did return to practice uh, this week, um, and it looks like he may be playing uh, this game um, against the Raiders. Um, so that's you know that's a thing. It's still a forty million dollar quarterback here. You know, let's let's not uh, let's not let's not, let's not besmirch that man's name. Oh, put some man. respect on the put the respect. Put some respect on the 40 M's. Okay. Let's put some respect on the money here. He's playing for the money. Um just make sure the text you I mean, look, I look we, I, we I the am, Giants draft a quarterback. I am, I am all, all for <laughs> I want Tommy DeVito to be, you know, a great, you know, story, a great quarterback. If for no other reason than for the Giants 
to play the Sopranos theme song when Tommy DeVito comes onto the field. Like, that's what I want. I just want that to happen. <laughs> I want the Sopranos theme song in New Jersey, in the Meadowlands, you know, where, where I'm sure there are, there are a ton of mobster bodies buried back there under the stadium. I want Tommy DeVito coming out to there singing got yourself a gun i can't I'm, I'm 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 pulling for that i want to hear that um, but it's probably not going to happen daniel jones will probably be out there and this is a game that they can win they can win this pretty pretty handily i mean I, you know my my hope is that my fellow bermudian because uh, if you guys don't know antonio pierce is half bermudian his father is his father was born in bermuda he's from compton um as he told everybody. he he is he is from yes he is from the United States, but his father is uh, was 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 born in Bermuda, and my mother was born in Bermuda. And Antonio Pierce, I've been a fan of Antonio Pierce since he got into the league. Um, so my my hope is that they win the football game, and the Raiders team, you know, they they carry him out just like John Madden. They carry him out into the in, into the into the locker room, and they they just <laughs> they just level my <laughs> level my guy Antonio Pierce. That's what I want to see. Um, I'm gonna lean. To the Giants here. Giants defense actually looked pretty damn good against the Jets last week. They did play a good, good, solid defensive defensive football game last week. And I know they just lost Leonard Williams, but I think the rest of that uh the pass rush is, is okay without him. Um, I just don't see anything from the Raiders to trust. And Aiden O'Connell doesn't doesn't do it for me. So if Daniel Jones is back, I'll take those one and a half points. And I will I will take those one and a half points and I will I will roll with the Giants. If he's not back, if it winds up being Tommy DeVito, then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna bet with my heart and I'll take Antonio Pierce and the Raiders. But right now, since Daniel Jones seems to be trending trending towards coming back, I'll take Daniel Jones. Give me the Giants and the under. All right. Dallas at Philadelphia, the national game in the four o'clock window. Philadelphia is at home. They are giving three points to Dallas. The over under is 47. Dak is gonna have to prove himself in this game. Um, I believe Dallas got beat out by Philadelphia last year. It was San Francisco to beat the breaks off of Dallas. It was San Francisco that keeps beating them in the playoffs. That's right. Philadelphia is a better team. They do not have a better, you know, defense by the yards and the numbers, but whenever they play Dallas, for some reason they show up and they show out. They have a better quarterback. They got a better running game. The almighty push did not win last week or the tush push or the Philly push or the brotherly shove, whatever the hell they want to call it. They ran that reversal for that. DeAndre Swift is running the ball. A.J. Brown is amazing as a wide receiver. Dallas has trouble in their secondary. I have no reason to believe that Philadelphia will not win this game. This is my final and fifth lock of the week. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles. And they are going to cover the spread and take the over. Go ahead, Ann. I was kept, kept on, throughout this whole day, I kept on going back and forth between this, um, who, who I was going to pick. Both teams are very good as far as, and this is definitely be this is definitely one of the D key fighting, the key key uh, key games to win this. The sorry, go ahead. I'll mute yourself real quick. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So ahead. I didn't say nothing throughout this whole time. I'm guessing, right? Uh, a little bit, but you cutting in and out. Technical difficulty. So Philadelphia, Dallas, key game. Well, since I'm having Philadelphia difficulties, I'm just going to go with Philadelphia in the over. Oh, uh, oh I thought I was getting muted again. Anyway, no, I didn't mute you. Philadelphia in the over. I'm having. 
No, no, I thought it was something wrong with my system. But anyway, Philadelphia, I'm taking Philadelphia to over. Um, this is definitely going to be a very good game to watch. All right, Malik. Yeah, I think I need to update in my computer. Um, yeah, I like I like Philly here uh, in the over as well. Um, this is going to be my fourth lock of the week. Um, so we're sweeping this. And I, I Dallas just doesn't give me any. What Dallas did against the Rams last week was nice. It was cute, but they don't they don't give me any any reason to believe that they can win games when when the situation when they when they need to get the most and the best out of all of their players and all of their talent and their quarterback and everybody and everybody in the room. They just don't they don't you know strike me as a team that can get it done yet. Um, and this is a big test for them. If this game was in Dallas, maybe I would lean a little bit. Maybe I would lean towards towards the Cowboys. But if this game was in in Dallas, it'd probably be a pick'em, or the Cowboys might even be um, might even be a one point dog in this. Philly's a better team, um, and has been the better team for the better part of the last three couple of years um, when these two teams uh, match up and meet one another. So no reason to to go the other way here uh, again. Uh, so I'm gonna take Philly. And I'll take the over, and I'm gonna lock this in. In everybody's defense, who wants to take the uh, Cowboys, they are five and two against the spread on the road this season. Philadelphia is one, one and one against the spread at home. So there's that. There is a possibility that this will just end up being a push. All these opinions will be moved. But if you want to push it one way, five down that. Nope. Good Sunday night football game again on NBC. This is the third time I'm saying. Yeah, I thought it was my headset at first. I was like, what the. Maybe I'm smelling toast and I was having a stroke right there. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> At Cincinnati, Cincinnati's a two-point favorite. I like the fact that this spread basically makes the pick game unless somehow there's a safety involved. Cincinnati has really good receivers. Buffalo had trouble in the secondary, which is why they made a trade for a cornerback. Um, their pass rush has not been great. Matt Milano is out. Their defense is banged up. Cincinnati's trending in the right direction. I'm going to let Ant make first pick since he knows the Buffalo Bills intimately. They are the best team in the state of New York. And who do you got? Um, Well, this one is definitely going to be a good one to watch because we all remember um, last year from January 2nd, the game was canceled because of the situation down in Hammond. I bet you I wouldn't be surprised that they bring DeMar Hammond. I mean, they, they definitely going to be bringing that up during this game. We watch out for that. Buffalo's are quite thanks to talking to our Buffalo um, Bills fan that we know of. We know that Buffalo's are, Bills are an emotional team. I won't be surprised that they're going to come back in this and try to make a good fight out of this. So I'm going to take Buffalo and in in I'm going to take them in the over in this one. The last time the bank they faced the Bengals, they lost on um, 27 to 10. But I think this is this is basically a rivalry right here, going, uh, kind of a rivalry going back and forth between the last two years or whatever. But mm-hmm. this is also quite two teams that is basically, as far as for, for the fan base, whatever concerned they they you know they feel for Buffalo you know the, as the players whatever, Cincinnati fans actually quite actually like Buffalo and stuff like that a little bit. Same thing goes for Buffalo um on the other end as well. But as far as for this game is concerned, Bills definitely gonna have to win this one, and I'm definitely gonna take. They definitely want to um win this one just for what happened last year as far as from them losing. So I'm going to take Buffalo this one. I'm taking the over. All right. Oh, I this think... is going to be my fourth lock of the week as well. Sorry about that. 
oh, wow, I'm taking Cincinnati. Um, they're at home. They usually beat the Bills in the playoffs at home. It's going to be a playoff-like atmosphere. And I just think they're the healthier team and the better team right now. They have more weapons on offense, and the Bills' defense is kind of lacking. And if they can, if Cincinnati can do what they did to San Francisco, they can do what they did to Buffalo. Go ahead, Malik. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thanks, thanks, Ann, for reminding me. I completely forgot about this game that this game was in Cincinnati last year with you know with the Demar Hamlin situation. Um, that that that's crazy. Uh, that that's like not been anything since then it's 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 what's interesting here is um you know buffalo on the road they've been an up and down team so far all the all season um so it's been really difficult to to kind of track what they you know where, where they are what they what they went what they've been doing um they were at six and a half point favorite at home against tampa bay last week and they just covered the number um winning winning that game by they won that game by six, so they might, they must have been five and a half by the time that the by the time the lines closed before that game. So they won that game by six, 24-18. And, and so they've just been a weird, weird team. You know, they lost that game to New England in New England. Um, they won a really, really ugly, low-scoring game against the Giants the week before. They lost to Jacksonville, and then they, they beat Miami by they lost to Jacksonville in, in London. They beat Miami by 28 points. Like it's just you never really know with this team. Cincinnati's the, the of the two of these teams. Cincinnati's the one that's actually been playing well over the last three games. They, they won four of their last five and, and really and they won three straight. Um, and that win that they had against San Francisco on the road last week was pretty telling. This team is 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 making moves and they need to continue to make moves. They need to stay continue to stay close to um, the number in terms of staying staying close with the Baltimore Ravens. And by luckily, by the time they play this game on Sunday night, they will already know whether Baltimore has won against Seattle or not and whether or not they actually have a, a chance at, take, at taking control of the division and you know, getting getting to the top place in the division. Um, so I think that'll motivate them to, to, you know, to play hard and to move forward. So I'm going to take Cincinnati as well. This is going to be my last lock of the week. Lock number five, Cincinnati and the over on this game. You got dueling locks on this one. I like that. I like that. So, Malik was hot last week. We'll see. 5-0. and Maybe another 5-0 and week is in the store. Last up, we got the Monday Night Football game with the Chargers at the New York Jets. The Jets are 4-4, four and four, and the Chargers have just gotten their fourth win, third win of the season. I cannot remember. I know they beat the Bears on Sunday. Uh, I think I'm it was four. Yep. No, nope. yeah, they're three and four. Three, three and four, four and the Jets three. Are four, the Jets are four and three. If the Jets are legit, they win this game. I'm going to be going to our resident uh, Homer and Jet fan. That is Anthony. Ant, who you got? Um, I want to pick the according to Chargers in this one because, you know, the Chargers are a great team and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Come on now. I'm about to, you just said resident Homer. What are you doing? <laughs> But anyway, I'm gonna go. I'm definitely gonna take the Jets on this one, obviously, because I'm a, not because I'm a homer. Because the thing is that the Chargers, when I was just talking about the Raiders had the worst um, defense in the NFL. Guess who has the 31st worst defense in the NFL? The Chargers. That's the LA Chargers. Yes. So this one, they're gonna make Zach Wilson look like um, what's his name, Patrick Mahomes in this one. I'm just guessing. Quite quite BS that you know teams been give people um, people out there been giving to Zach, even myself. I'm starting to notice one thing about him the last couple of games that he can play okay in the system and he can actually quite not he he's good in good at holding the ball, not turning it over, whatever like that. 
as long as the Jets keep playing their um position game, uh, it's gonna be kind of hard to defeat to, to actually beat them. The Jets have one of the top five defenses. They can actually score on, the, on that defense, pick you off, and they can actually get that good position where the field goal kicker Corey will make his kicks and the Jets can actually win this game. So I'm gonna go with the Jets obviously, and I'm taking the under in this one. And this is going to be my final lock of the week. All right. I'm taking the Chargers. Um, the Chargers are three and a half point favorites on the road. And I just see why, because the Jets can't score. Um, the Chargers defense is pretty horrendous, but the Jets have problems with teams that can pass rush well. And that's the one thing that the Chargers can do well. So if they can speed up the quarterback and, you know, have Zach make some mistakes, it's really going to take a great game from Brees Hall, which is possible but I am not so sure. Um, the Chargers have the better quarterback. They don't have better receivers, and they don't have a better running. Well, actually, Austin Eckler is pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. But I'm leaning towards the Chargers because of that. And uh, my guy, Khalil Mack, shout out UB Bowles. Let's go. Give me the Chargers. I'm going to take the under on this one. This game is going to be way, 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 way under 40. Go ahead, Malik. Uh, 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 I didn't, you know, think coming, coming after the injury to Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that either of us would have would have had saw a, a record on their season. Um, saw the Jets at any point in the season winning three straight um, without Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh, with just just with considering the play of Zach Wilson and the offense, and you know everything being built and catered around what was ex- the expectations of Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback, um, and what we saw from Zach Wilson, you know, over the last couple of years here. I mean, a couple of years here in New York. Um, it just didn't look good. And, and so the fact that he's playing better football than most expected, the fact that that defense, that Jets defense is still one of the top defenses in the NFL and one of the top scoring defenses in the NFL and will keep this game close. And the fact that the Jets are getting three and a half points in this, uh, well, three points right now, but three and a half points, it looks like it might get teased up to three and a half points. To me, that just screams a Jets cover. Um, if if not a Jets victory, we also got to remember the last time a quote unquote high powered offense walked into the walked into the Jets. The last two quote unquote high powered offense that walked into the into Jet Life Stadium and tried to tried to you know score against them was the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, and neither one of them were able to score and score enough points to cover their own spreads. Philadelphia actually lost the game, so I think the Jets are definitely game for a, a, a you know a good win on prime time against uh, against a Chargers team that you know has been up and down not just this season but for the past like 3 seasons basically and um you know to me th- there's no reason to believe that they can come in there and boat race a Jets team that's got one of the better defenses in the NFL so give me the three and a half points I'll take the Jets in the under all right that is it for the picks this week folks we are going into our shout outs and do you have any shout outs to end this uh, show off with? Um, yeah, I just got three shout outs. Um, I'm just gonna keep it all Jets related because I'm being a Jets fan, Homer, as you say. Shout out to my boy, um, Thomas Morstead. He had 20, according, he was him and the other Giants punter, I not mentioned his name. Oh, um, they both had whatever, but anyway, they both had combined, I think, I believe, um, 22 punts in that game, one of the most punts. In a game, well, they had actually more point punts than the than points that was put up in that game. But um, shout out to Thomas Morse because they actually have highlights of this guy 
according to his punches. His punch was that badass. But it, it, it sounds funny that we say it right now, but the field position, as far as as far as it's concerned, it was really kind of it was really kind of cool, and whatever. And he's basically quite being aggressive on it because they actually give him permission to do so because they believe in the defense that much. Shout out to him. Shout out to us. Oh, almost forgot. Thomas Morris said is actually special teams player of the week. That's why I'm getting want to give him a shout out. Shout outs also to my other Jets um player. He's the brother of Quentin Williams. He's Quincy Williams. He's defensive player of the month. He's been playing out of out his behind. He's definitely going to be making the Pro Bowl. He quite he got thrown to the side by the by the Jaguars, I believe it was last year. The Jets quite decided to pick him up on the work on the um quite on the strength of Quentin Williams wanted to bring in his brother in. They brought him in, coached him up. This year he's been playing out of his mind. He's been doing his thing. He's definitely going to be making the Pro Bowl on him. On that, shout-outs to him. My last shout-out goes to um, Saquon Barkley's father. Shout-outs to him because he's a Jets fan, if nobody doesn't know about this. Saquon Barkley did grow up as a Jets fan as well, but unfortunately, you know, he got, got drafted by the Giants. But throughout the whole game of last week, Saquon Barkley's father was basically cheering on the Jets. Didn't give a hoot about his his son losing. He could root against his son while the, while the Jets was stomping the mud hole in them. So shout outs to him. Stay stay true. Stay being a Jet fan. F F F, F them kids. Hey, That's listen, my shout out of the week. If they'd have paid his son right, maybe he would have put on a Giants shirt. So I'm just saying. So, <laughs> me as a parent, you gonna you gonna cheap out on my kid. I'm gonna cheap out on y'all. Like I'm gonna show up to the stadium in uh in my jersey and my team, especially when y'all playing. Man. That was a weird home home game atmosphere. But um, for me, shout out to my uh, UB Bulls. They lost on Halloween night. Hope everybody had a hot, happy, and safe Halloween. Got a ton of candy. Um, shout out to Maction. I'm enjoying that all October and November long. Um, shout out to Bobby Knight. Um, I know he died doing what he loved, uh, yelling at a young black man, probably more athletic than him. Um, that's how I remember him. That's how I remember him as being a bully on the court. Talking down to people when, uh, you know, I kind of wish somebody would have gave him one. He knew not to pull that with John Thompson, which is why I always liked John Thompson. And John Thompson kind of, um, I, I like to think that he intimidated him and kind of, you know, gave him what's what when they used to play back in the 80s and 90s. Um, and shout out to my Bears for making a move and getting the defensive end and move this team forward. And I have uh, one last shout out about baseball. Shout out to the Texas Rangers, who my 99-year-old grandmother was rooting for because they won their first two road games, and she jumped on them since the Mets wasn't in it because that's her squad. So she decided to root for a team that's never won before because she likes an underdog. So shout out to the Texas Rangers for making my grandma happy. She's been here for 99 years, and she finally saw a team win a World Series and hadn't won one since the Mets in 69. So that's dope, and shout out to them. Malik. Let's go. Was, was your grandmother watching the games? Did she like tune into the Rangers games and was she excited? She, she watched every single game because she loves baseball. That's dope. That, that is her That's game. Dope. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Congratulations to the Rangers. Congratulations to her. They may need um, to get younger fans, but that's about it. That's all I, I love. Baseball. Baseball needs to get younger fans. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, shout out to the Rangers and shout out to her. Um, and, and hope, hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the, enjoy the festivities and, uh, uh, and relax. And for Saquon Barkley's dad, um, I'll tell you this: if, if my dad wore the other team's jersey at my football game, and I was a professional athlete, yeah, dad, Christmas is gonna be real light. 
for you this year. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Christmas is gonna be real light. Christmas might be real light for Saquon Barkley because his contract is a little messed up. But Christmas is gonna be real light for pops this year. I'm talking about I'm talking about a pair of uh, jet socks with the holes cut with holes cutting the toes or something like that. Like I'm I'm talking about, I'm, 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 talk, I'm talking about I'm talking about you gonna get a you gonna get a Jets running back jersey and it's not gonna be Curtis Martin or Brees Hall. I'm, I'm talking I'm, I'm talking about you gonna get something like that for me because uh yeah you, you Bernie Ghost really jersey yeah you really show yeah exactly exactly you you really you really showing showing yourself there um so yeah you really you really want to be a Jet fan you want you want to jet out go ahead go you, you can do that um. Just two quick shout outs this 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 week. Um, number one for me, first shout out, shout out to my Detroit Lions. We are on a bye this week and six and two going into the bye. First place in the division, Dan Campbell, um, Brad Holmes, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, Jared Goff, uh, Jameer Gibbs, the whole the whole offense on defense. Aiden Hutchinson, double A battery out of Alex Anzalone, my man BB Gun, Brian Branch. Like we just, you know, my, all, all, all of my guys on this on that side of the ball. Happy, enjoy your week off. Um, my next shout out is to owners that outsmart themselves and owners that don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, remind me, guys, let's, let's go back, if you will, let's go back to 2017. And yes, I'm going to get on my Detroit Lions real quick, but it's not not really my Detroit Lions. I'm going to get on Bob Quinn and the 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 GM job that he did uh, on the Detroit Lions. We go back to 2017. Detroit Lions had a coach by the name of Jim Caldwell, who had a nine and who coached the team to an 11 and five record, and then coached the team to a nine and seven record over the course of two seasons. And was promptly fired, despite the fact that Jim Caldwell had what, if I remember correctly, when he left the Lions, his his winning percentage was the best for a Lions head coach since Buddy Parker. You don't know who he is, neither do I, because it was in the 1950s. This is how great, this is how good Jim Caldwell was as a coach. Bob Quinn, in his illustrious brilliance, then decided that he wanted to go to the New England Patriots, where he had so much great hope, so much success, and he wanted to grab this wonder kid who wore uh, pencils and pencils in his ear, the Matt Patricia, the big fat black <laughs> pussy cat that Matt Patricia is, and he brought him onto the team. And guess what? He set the team back three damn years. He set us back three years. He traded away a bunch of players that wound up being really good, that were really good players, and we knew they were really good. The fans knew they were really good, and he got rid of a bunch of players. He alienated a bunch of players on his team, and he lost a shit ton of games and got himself fired, and then we had to bring in Dan Dan Campbell to bring things back. Now, why did I tell you guys that? Why did I tell you guys that? Because in 2019, I believe this was 2019, after... John Gruden went racist as hell and destroyed his entire reputation. Rich Basaccia walked into the, 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 the Raiders on the Raiders team, and in 12 games, he went seven and five, took the team to the playoffs, and they almost won a game against the eventual AFC uh, AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals on the road. Okay. Rich Masaccia proved himself. The players liked him. 
The fans liked him. He was proving himself to be a solid coach that maybe, maybe should get the opportunity to take this, take this a little bit forward. But did they do that? No, no, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. No, no, no. Because apparently Mark Davis went to the Patriots again and found another wonder kid, another kid, Josh McDaniels, who was orchestrating an offense that before that had Tom Brady and they were looking great and they were doing all kinds of amazing things over there. And he wanted to make the Patriots on the West Coast. And, and do and do great things because Bill Belichick is the greatest mind. And if he's the greatest mind, we want to bring in some great minds along with him. And we're going to do this thing big. What did Josh McDaniels do? Well, he did pretty much what Matt Patricia did. He alienated players and he lost a shit ton of games to the point where Devontae Adams just looked at the camera and pretty much told you without telling you that if this goon is still here come Tuesday, I'm gonna leave i'm gonna take pack my bags and i'm gonna go hang out at james harden's house yes that's where i'm gonna be at you want to find me james harden just got traded to the clippers i'm gonna hang out at james harden's house so go ahead and let that man be still be the still be the head coach when this is all said and done go ahead and let jimmy garoppolo jimmy g be the quarterback on this team when it's all said and done i want 15 targets a game the only i'm the only guy on this team that's worth a damn nickel and and you guys Give me my money and give me my damn targets. Me and Max Crosby, we're the only people that people come to see. We are the only people on this team that people come to see. Me, Max Crosby, and sometimes Josh Jacobs when he decides he wants to play. Nobody wanted to play for Josh McDaniels. Nobody liked the dude. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes you when you're whack, Josh McDaniels. Nobody likes you when you're whack. So you know what you need to go do. Go call your dad, Bill Belichick, and go run back over there. Go be the special teams coordinator and go hang out over there and disappear for the next six years until some other stupid owner, i.e. Uh, e., Mr. Ursay, decides he wants to give you another job because you're still young enough. You can get another job to be, be a head coach somewhere. So go ahead and do that. Go ahead and disappear for another seven years and then come back and you're still going to look just as young as you do because you look like fucking Harry Potter. Like you look like you're 10 years old. So go ahead and do that and come back and you're going to alienate another team. Owners, listen to the football people. Listen to your players. Stop drafting and stop signing these Bar-ass New England Patriots assistants. Bill Belichick is showing you, and, and the New England Patriots Association is showing you very, very well. What, what did they need? They all needed Tom Brady. TB12 left. The Patriots were like the damn Titanic. They've sunken down. They are a sinking ship. They are going down. And y'all keep y'all keep throwing life vests to all of their head coaches and their, and their assistants, and it's just burning your team down as well. I wish Antonio Pierce the best. I wish the Raiders the absolute best. I want to go to Vegas. I want to see a game in Vegas and thank the thank the Lord that I don't have to watch that Josh McDaniels BS anymore. I'm done. Wasn't Jim Mercy trying to hire him hire him before? Yes, yes. That's why I said Jim Mercy because he was trying to hire him before. And he offered him the job. Yeah, he turned down the coach job and went back. Which which is why Frank Wright got the job. Yeah. That's why I said Jim Mercy is gonna do it, because he's gonna be the one to do it. In about and, five, six years, if Jim Irsay is still around, he's going to look up and go, huh, who should I sign? And, and Josh McDaniels will be there. Jim Irsay is the craziest owner, but I really got to say Mark Davis is uh, giving him a run for his money. Um, that Mark is Davis it for like, us this week. Yeah, real talk. I don't think he drinks anymore, though. He, he used to, but uh, he does not Are anymore. you sure? You seen his haircut? 
I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm not going to talk about he's, the man's... Uh, I don't think he drinks anymore, but he's kind of like Jack Sparrow. We're like, he's just he's just perpetually oh, looks boy. drunk. He looks perpetually drunk. That's pretty much what he is. But yeah, he does have championship winning teams. It's just the uh, Las Vegas Aces, which he was able to buy when they wanted to move to Vegas. So, you know, maybe the owner has no effect on how good the team actually is. So, you know, when fans of teams that aren't winning, don't blame the owner. Sometimes the team is just trash. That's just what it is. You know, you got a bad GM. You put bad people in, in charge. I don't like the Bears and the McCaskies. But uh, we're going to end the show on that. We are out. Thank y'all for listening. This is a long one, but a good one. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace.